You are listening to Trophy Horse with your hosts, Tricky Mick, Alex, I yield to no one, Steve, and Sid. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Trophy Horrors. This is episode 486. I'm your host, Tiki Mick. Alongside with me, the man, the myth, the legend, it's Alex. How about that state of play, folks, huh? How about that state of play? Also with me, he brings the awesome, it's I yield to no one. Eh, on the state of play. Ah, okay. Well, we're going to get into the state of play, but not in our usual way. We're just going to talk about the topics, not exactly the state of play itself. Uh, I don't know. Somebody just somebody just sent a message to Skype. <laughs> you gotta stop doing that. Yield. Throw me off. <laughs> what? What am I? What'd you do? Nothing. Keep the show. Uh, keep, keep the show moving. Uh, well, stop sending random messages to Skype. That's what you do All to right, us uh, when you're not recording. Yes, but not when I'm on the show with you. I just say whatever I have to say. All right, wait, wait. okay, updated trophy counts. Uh, I am level 612, total trophies of 14,226 with 260 platinums. I have two of them since the last time I recorded. Alex? I, same damn place I was last time, level 443, total trophy count of 7,308 and a platinum count of 112 and 111 games. Mr. Yield? So, I am a level 450. With a trophy count of 7505 and a platinum count of 129. I have five new platinums since I last recorded. Look at you, big stud. Wow, nothing? No, you just said it all. Well, I I was making a a wrestling reference and you just like... Yeah, but... Wasn't really a big fan of his. Wait, who's the wrestling wrestling reference? Big John Studd. Big John Studd. Oh, that's not, I didn't think you'd pull from there. I guess you're a little bit more old school than I give you credit for. Okay. Uh, wait, wait, wait like, like people are just popping out Big John Studd references. Come on, that doesn't happen. But hey, I give him credit. I did get who he was talking about. There I thought know. he was going for a big, sexy Kevin Nash kind of thing. He just fucked it up, but no. Because Big John Studd hasn't really, didn't really wrestle, like, until, like, after the late 80s. Or he didn't wrestle until after the late 80s, and then, of course, he died in the early 90s. You're going way back for that one, sir. Sid is level 517 with total trophies of 10,442 with 179 plats. It's been a while since Sid got a plat. I have to, I have to talk to him. Yeah, he's probably fed up with the, the trophy system. Did you ever get an answer uh, from him about me, my request on the last show? I actually have not talked to him. I've had a lot going on uh, the last couple of weeks. Uh, that is why I missed the last week's show, or well, last episode. Trying to plan all those easy platinums for a trophy war. Actually, the war is on hold. We're going to get into that, too. Um, yeah, so I have to talk to Sid. I haven't too. Sid, if you're hearing this, uh, reach out to me. If I forget to reach out to you, please. 
Sid, do all the work yeah. for him in case he doesn't do any of the work for you. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, I'm still in a lot of pain, so I'm probably not going to talk that much this episode, which is probably good for your Alex and Yield because they hate when I talk so much. I didn't I say that. Said, I never said I that. I never said that. Look, look, of the two it. of us, Yield mutes you. I was making you. an assumption. I actually don't mute you. Yield does, though, so you're going to have to talk to him about that. Yeah, well, he only mutes me on Rocket League Thursdays. Well, he's maybe I should maybe I should start maybe I should start doing it during the show. Oh, it's, I mean, it's not like you listen to me anyway. You are right about that. <laughs> All right, so <coughs> ow. <That hurt. laughs> wait, wait. Uh, do you, does it hurt every time you cough? It hurts any time I really move my mouth in any capacity. Uh, it's just when I talk, it's like a dull pain. But if I cough, sneeze. Or do anything like that, it's a sharp pain. Well, considering you got a bad case of the smoker's cough, that doesn't really help you out much right now, does it? No. Never a better time to quit. Uh, hey, listen, I've, I've reduced a lot of my smoking. Yeah, I, he's, I, down, he's down to two packs a day. No, I was at a pack and a half a day, now I'm down to about three cigarettes a day. Oh, okay. I, I was being funny at first, but that's actually pretty good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, which is... Uh, which is very good for me, by the way. It's good for that anyone is, when you can reduce it down to three cigarettes from a pack and a half. Well, it, it's been a process over the last two well, weeks. Well, don't be trying to make up for lost time after this. Don't go up to, to two packs trying to make up for, like, you know how people try to make up for sleep, you know, after they, you know, go for a while without sleep. Don't be trying to make up on those cigarettes. What, what's this thing you call sleep? I have no idea what you're referencing. You can sleep when you're dead. Yes. You ain't got nothing uh, to do so but sleep. In- Let's get into what we're playing. Uh, since the last... Uh, I don't remember the last uh, time I was on the show, what I was playing. I don't think anybody so, remembers the last time you were on the show. Zing! Uh, so, I have beaten Outriders. I've started playing Man Heat, Man Eater. That game's not that uh, impressive to me. Oh, you're going to get some hate for that. Well, I mean, wasn't that game always like... It was like an easy <laughs> platinum. I mean, I heard it was, it was fun as well, but... Like wasn't the big appeal that yeah you could you're a shark and you get to eat things but also the fact that you uh, can get an easy platinum out of it. Uh, was that was, guess, was anyone I, ever like hey this is a really good game? I've just heard people have enjoyed it. I mean, playing games as a shark where you get to destroy things and just eat almost indiscriminately it's, it's got to be pretty fun. It you know maybe the formula wears thin after a while but. At the, at the up front, it's pretty fun. I don't know about that now. Oh, so you didn't think it was fun ever? No, because I actually got uh, I got fairly into the game, and then it just got extremely annoying. How so? Uh, the alligators are, like, overly aggressive and overly, uh, very OP. Well, that's because you, they I, got I, all them teeth and no toothbrush. Something wrong with his medulla oblongata. You, you do realize that alligators are pretty aggressive in real life, right? Yeah, but they sh- they shouldn't be six alligators within the first 20 minutes of the game that can basically kill you in two shots. Well, you just need to be a bigger shark. Well, how am I going to Never mind. I don't know. If that, I, I haven't played the game. I don't know. Uh, I gotten the platinum in Ratchet & Clank Ripped Apart. 
I got the Platinum in Adam's Venture Origins. We, we, which we is announced a, that uh, a couple weeks ago okay. on our last show when you came back. Okay, well, I'm, I'm announcing it again. Do you mind? Do you, do I want some recognition. Do you need more pets on the back? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Uh, I have been playing a lot of uh, the Breakthrough Gaming games. Uh, getting uh, They're like two bend of Platinums, but I haven't really gotten I'm a sur- lot of the Platinums. I'm surprised you're not holding those off for your war. Well, that's what I. That's why I'm not playing them. <laughs> Hence why uh, I didn't join the team. Uh, I p- played a little bit of Knockout City, a little NASCAR Heat Five, which is now on PlayStation Now. Uh, I'm working through the Walking Dead season two. Hold on, you're going to sit here and talk about how much you don't like Maneater, but then you're going to go play a NASCAR game. I cannot think of a more boring video game than a NASCAR game, aside from like a farm simulator. Uh, I have been playing some Rogue Company. No response. Is that I, t- too close to home? No. What's what uh, appealing about a Na- I mean, I understand people are NASCAR fans, but what is appealing about a NASCAR video game? Well, they, they, they haven't made a good one ever, to be honest with you. I mean... Uh, I don't know. I mean, the EA ones were not that bad. No, they were bad because you couldn't... You couldn't play... 43 people it was always limited and then you the arcade style was too easy because you could just take your banged up car and go to the front in daytona which you can't do and realistic was to me too realistic because then your car couldn't keep up no matter if you were in the draft or not so they're there they never found to me that happy balance and then crashes were never, were never ever realistic. You could tumble your car to where okay, you're done. You're absolutely done. Go to the I pits. <laughs> go to the pits. Fix it, and you're back out on the track running first. I'm like, no, I wreck like that. I'm done. You know, and that's why I, you like Wreckfest. That's why I like Wreckfest. Uh, well, you you want I, those I, over the top wrecks like Burnout? Uh, what is it, Burnout Paradise? No, because even in Burnout Paradise, you could wreck your car, and, you, and they put you right back to the way you were. And or you're thinking flat out, probably. No, I'm thinking just like over the top wrecks, wrecks that look really good. Well, and I like I I really do like those. But I'm talking like as in a NASCAR game. If there is a big wreck, or you nose it into the wall, you're done. You can't go into the pits and hammer the car back out in your 13 seconds. And then get back on the track and keep driving like everything's hunky-dory. That's what I always never liked, was I wanted it to be, you can't be that, being that aggressive, there's a consequence. And they're never, they're never, they never had that happy balance in a video game. So you can just be as aggressive as you want, and everything's fine. Yeah, I mean, that that is a flaw. But as far as the, the realistic part, now with the... Uh, they they let you do career mode and they let you race you know like if you were you know Jimmy Johnson or Jeff Gordon or whatever uh, the 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 career mode you're gonna you're gonna struggle a hundred percent you're gonna struggle until you build up enough sponsors or enough money to you know fix this part of the car and then once your car is maxed out you can run competitively but I don't know if you're gonna want to go through all that yield to you know go through you know, three, four seasons to build your car up. Probably not. Not unless I was having fun. 
Uh, but what what I do for my career mode is I put the race length at 25%, and then I put uh, fuel and tire wear at times 4%. So I still have to pit the same amount of times, but I only have to run a quarter of the laps. I got you. I always try to turn my races into pit strategy races. Yeah, same thing with me. Uh, and then the last two games I played is some Rogue Company. Uh, I really like their King of the Hill mode. Uh, I got a lot of highlights and stuff like that will be posted on Facebook and TikTok in the next couple of days. And then to, just today, uh, right before we record, I jumped back into the Immortals Phoenix Rising because all the DLCs are out now. So I figured now's a good time to go back and play that. We were at Target today and Ashley saw that in the shelves and she said somebody on PG was streaming that. And I figured it was you, but I also know that you yep. had gotten the Platinum. So I didn't know if somebody else, if like Nitro had gotten the game nope. or something. I have not gotten the Platinum. Oh, you haven't. I have not. I'm working towards the Platinum now with the DLC. Wait, you but you don't need the DLC to get the Platinum. No, no but you, you must have to be a max level, so that's what he means. Right, because now I can max out my health and my my stamina, and that will that's two trophies I need. Instead of farming it through the game, he's now going through the DLC and building it that way. I got what you were right. saying. Yeah. So... And I, I like the game as it is, so it's it's I'm not playing it just to get the platinum. I'm playing because I legitimately like the game, but this just makes getting the platinum a little easier. Uh, but that's what I've been playing. Alex, what have you been playing, sir? <laughs> just skip me and go to yield. Because <laughs> it's just Pokemon. Well, no, I mean I've also I'm also like in a steady stream of playing, you know, Animal Crossing a couple days a week. Back on my Animal Crossing shit. And yeah, Pokemon and, of course, the, the Rocket League. So I'm not, I don't have a new PlayStation game to play. No. All right. Uh, also, uh, I didn't mention it, but me and uh, Yield, as he'll just tell you, we were both playing uh, Rock Band last night. Not together, but we were kicking some ass, having some fun. In the and, 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 and Yield was and, beating Tricky scores, and Tricky was trying to take <laughs> away, trying to erase those and say, no, you didn't beat me. Uh, no, no, no. I didn't try to take it away. All I said was that in the official record, because he was not playing with the servers on, that it the, there's no proof that he beat my Except score. Except for the pictures he the, sent? No, because in the first picture he sent, there was no uh, no song title, and there was no uh, nothing verifying that he beat me on that, that song. That, that, now, that, okay. I, I will tell you, he did come back after me giving him some shit, and he basically destroyed his first score and made sure the you know the, the servers were on and everything. So he did come back, you know. I just didn't. Be, I just didn't beat his score. I knocked it into another stratosphere. But his first picture that was not on the servers, and there was no uh, picture proof because there was no song title that did not provide proof, and that basically fired him up and said, "Fuck you! I'm going back. And I'm going to do it right this time." <laughs> But yo, go ahead. What are you been playing? Uh, so besides some Rockman Four crushing all of Tricky's scores, um, did you like the one where I posted that all of the 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 crew challenges that you had posted, I had beat every single one? All right. To be fair, okay, because we're gonna get into this for a second. Okay. To be to be fair, the only song on out of the three that I know was Monkey Wrench. And when I did Monkey Wrench, I had literally... That was the first song that I played since picking up the guitar in, like, months. So I played it on medium. So you were going to destroy that score. The and score I, that I sent you, I, that I, we had the... I ain't played back, in months. And I picked it up and went right to Harden Expert. Okay. I, I 
I'm good for you. But <laughs> the score that the score that we were going back and forth about was creep. Um, and I destroyed it on expert. So I'm back up to expert. But when Alex is alluding to you'll destroy my scores and me not doing anything about it, it's because I was literally on stream s- singing at the oh, time. Oh, you did something about it. You complained. You cried up an entire <laughs> I storm. Compl- I did not complain. The, the size All of I those tears was, could wipe out a small island. No, no, because I didn't. I, I will. I will take screenshots and I will post them to the Facebook group. I did not complain. I simply pointed out that Yield had no proof that he beat my score, and then once he did provide proof, Yield, be honest, what was the first thing I said? Way to go, or something along you, something along that lines. So I gave you credit when you had legit proof that you beat me. You know, for a guy who gets questioned for cheating in other competitions, you sure are one to point the finger pretty fast. Because you didn't provide proof that he beat me. He did. Yeah, yeah, but how often no, does he... How often that could have been any... How often does he old that pull been, a fast one? Okay, I'm not saying you pulled a fast one, okay. but let's let's be real no, here no, for a second, I, okay? No, I am. I, I did not... You could have I done did, that on any song. You are correct, but did I dispute that you said that? Yes, you said I have picture proof. I said whatever you got to do to sleep at night. Uh-huh. All right, go anyway, back to what you play. Cause... So, so besides some Rock Band and some uh, Rocket League, um, I played some Spyro 3, Year of the Dragon, Enemy Front, Hellblade, Sinew Sacrifice, uh, the final season of The Walking Dead, Helldivers, Knockout City, and I started a new game that I picked up on last week's sales called Scully. With Platinums, as you last heard on the show that Alex threw down a call my challenge, I got Platinums during shutdown on Spyro 3, Enemy Front, Hellblade Send You Sacrifice, and the final season of The Walking Dead. And then on my last day of shutdown, I got Knockout City. So five Platinums on my week off. Which bested your score of a guaranteed three and maybe four. Yeah. Also, someone who got the Knockout City Platinum recently, that'd be Nitro. Nitro posted. Nitro. That he got. Yep. Nitro and Nitro and uh, the Brain. The Brain. The Brain got it first, then me, and then Nitro. And then I like Yield's little comment, because the whole crew has it now. And then Nitro comes back and goes, not tricky. He goes, yeah, but he never plays. Yeah. Weren't you the one that never played, but weren't you the one trying to get Knockout Tuesdays to be a thing? Was. I was trying to, but Mr. Grumpy Pants over there said, no, I'm not doing that. It's going to turn into another Rocket League. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with it turning into another Rocket League? There's only one Rocket League. Okay, okay so, so, okay, so here we go. So, for, for those... <laughs> and for the those, Dirty Laundry. <laughs> yeah, so for those of you who weren't tuning into Rocket League... Rocket League starts. We're playing. Tricky. I will give him all the credit in the world. Tricky played for the short time that he played with us. Played the best that I've seen him play, I think, ever. So, kudos to you, Are you, you talking sir. about just this week or just in general? Just this week. Okay. He he was he was playing really well. But he decided to go, hey, everybody, let's talk about the state of play. And it's like, no, I'm here to play Rocket League. And besides, I, I ain't watched it. And I dropped it. You did, but you were going to go with it. Because I was trying to provide conversation. Dude, how many times do I got to tell you? We have our own conversation. We don't need driving conversation. Okay. 
Anyway. I don't know. If, you, if you're going to have people watch you on Twitch, you got to have that conversation. You got to have the good convo. All right. So, yeah. Uh, I'd like to do a Knockout Tuesday, but I don't know. I don't know. I got the plat now. <laughs> that game is dead to get- yield. Yield's like, fuck that game. I got the platinum. Uh, we got to get Alex to play, and Homer says it's just not his game. Somebody in the Facebook group said that they picked it up and were enjoying it. Oh, uh, yep. yeah, I know. I know. I can picture it. It's like name starts with a D. DB is his initials. David. Yes. David. Yes. So, I mean, like, if some people wanted to play it to be, like, in a crew and stuff like that, I'd probably dive in every, every now and then and help out. Especially when it comes to some of the trophies. Some of the trophies, you... you Unless you've got a, you happen to get a good random team, you will need a some teammates to help. Like the one where you have to play an entire match, which is either two rounds or three rounds, depending on how you play, and not die. And you have to do another one and pass only. You can't throw the ball and get a KO. You can only pass. So those are kind of the two of the tougher trophies. You kind of need a, a a team to do that, or a competent uh-huh. team. Sometimes you get randos, randoms that are just not very competent. All right, let's move on, gentlemen. Uh, let's get into our topics because we have quite a few topics because we skipped last week. Uh, Joining the PlayStation now, uh, it's currently available, is Red Dead Redemption 2, God of War, the 2018 version, Neo 2, and Judgment, and they're all coming in. Uh, I know you guys aren't a fan of now, but here lately we've been having a lot of conversation about now versus Game Pass. Uh, And there was also a topic, which I didn't put in the agenda, stating that because of the state of play and them not addressing PlayStation now and that being a problem uh, moving forward, do you guys think this is a strong lineup for PlayStation now or is it still lacking behind Game Game Pass for Xbox? I mean, it's kind of unfair to label... When you compare it to Game Pass, it's really unfair to like label these games as disappointing because the thing that most people are going to look at and most people are going to say is the big criticism of PSN now is it doesn't have enough day-and-date release games. Like, Xbox is going to launch a lot of their biggest games, or their biggest games, in the upcoming year, year and a half, on Game Pass, simultaneously. So, you're always going to be up against that on PSN Now. PlayStation Now is not meant to be that, so, like, you can't really compare them. I mean, you I mean, you can you can say what their strengths are, and what their weaknesses are, and what their, you know, if you're a certain type, if you're looking for a certain type of game, if you're looking to play older games, get PSN Now. If you want to play newer games for, you know, cheaper than, you know, having to go buy them for $60, $70 at the store, get Game Pass. But it's kind of unfair to mark this lineup as good or bad when you compare it to Game Pass because people just want to play the new games, or a lot of people just want to play new games. Yield? See, I I don't use Game Pass, so I cannot make a fair comparison. Well, Well, here, okay, let me ask you this, Yield. If there were dueling services where you could play, like, play, say, PlayStation Now, you had PlayStation Now, which is primarily like a lot of older games or, you know, games that have been released or out for a couple uh, a couple years, or you had a, like, a, a PlayStation, like, I don't know what to call it, but PlayStation, I, shit, I don't know, but basically a service that was twice as expensive, so you paid, like, 30 bucks or something like that, or maybe, I don't know, 20, 20 bucks, I don't know, but it was more expensive than PlayStation Now, maybe, I guess, 15, since... Game Pass is 15, we'll say 15. More expensive, but 
it had fewer games, but it had newer games released on it. So you could play Ratchet and Clank day one on the service. You you wouldn't have to go out and buy it. You with a subscription service, you could play Returnal the first day. Would you prefer a game something where you could play PSN now, like with older games, or the brand new games, just a lot less games, a lot fewer games on the more expensive service? Okay, so how how old games are we talking? Well, just PlayStation now, matter. like you know, you get games that so are a couple years old, or maybe PS2 era, PS3 era. That kind of stuff versus so, newer games. Well, you okay. well uh, you'll, you'll let me ask you let me answer your question just by using this month. Uh, Red Dead Redemption Two, God of War's uh, eight, the 2018 version, Noah Neo Two, uh, Judgment, Olympic Games Tokyo 2020, Moving Out, and NASCAR Heat Five. Those all just came to to now in July. Okay, see the that does not entice me to get now. See, really, I'm I'm still, I have not been a fan of video game subscription services, and that and that's just me. It's who I am. I prefer to buy my game if I'm going to get it. the 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 thing that would entice me for a subscription base would be games that I can't get a hold of. Would be like, uh, you know, old PlayStation or PlayStation Two games. Things like that that I could get a hold of and play, that might entice me. So Yield would go more for PlayStation Now. But by, buying day and date games, the day they come out, if if I want to play the game, I'm going to buy it. So I, I don't... I'm, yeah, I'm just... I'm not a fan of a subscription service for games that release day and date. Even though you could probably make the argument to me, it's cheaper, I'm just... I, I don't know. Just can't wrap my head around it. Now, would you... I, I, I had to step away for a second, so I don't know if you said this or not. Uh, if PlayStation Now was to offer you, say, The Last of Us 2, Ratchet & Clank, all you know the PS5 games day one, would that entice you to get now? No, because if I wanted Ratchet and Clank, I'll go buy it. But you'd ra- wouldn't you rather spend ten dollars than sixty dollars or seventy dollars? No, because I don't want all the games day and date. So there might be. So I might spend. So let, let, let's just say it's ten bucks a month. So that's one hundred twenty bucks a year. So. Like this year, there are hard. There are, I don't think I have bought except for Knockout City, any new games this year. All the games that I have bought are older games. So, like this year, it'd be an absolute waste for me. And how much did you spend on Knockout City? Thirty dollars. Yeah, I think I bought like the deluxe edition. Right, and I, I'm just throwing this out there. EA Play, if you were a member of EA Play, you would have been able to play that for free, Knockout City for but, free, and that costs $30 a year. But with that, you get access to all the other EA games, like... Um, which, Ooh, wow. It takes, it, Madden. It takes two, but, stuff like that. Yeah, but how often does EA games make games that I want to play? Not, I mean, not, not very often. So that, that would be... 30 bucks a year would be a waste for maybe a game or two games. That's what I'm saying. The type, the type of gamer that I am. 
I would just rather go out and buy it because otherwise I'm just I'm throwing money at a service that I wouldn't use. Okay, okay. what I guess I don't understand about what you're saying, Yield, is you're typically someone who, you know, on a lot of games will wait until they go down in price. You, you, you're looking for the better deal on games. So if these games were launched at a subscription price, you know, you're 10, you're 15 bucks a month, and inherently out of the gate were cheaper than buying them new at a store, I guess I don't really understand why you're you're not down for that. Because again, you, you do look for the value proposition, you wait until things more more not more games hit the bargain then. I yeah, I know. It, it's confusing and even I can't totally understand or explain it. But I'm just it's just how I am. I'd honestly I can't understand I, my I, own logic. I, I would rather have physical. Because at some point they're gonna pull that plug. So no matter how much money you dump into it you will no longer have access to, to that stuff. Whether, now if I have physical, as long as I have a working system, I can play it. Let me ask you, Yield, how often do you go back and play PS2 era games? I don't. Do you have physical but copies of those games? Yes, I do. So, if, if you don't play them, I mean, granted, you could always someday go back and play them, but if you don't have any plans to go back and play them, and it's been more, you know, the PlayStation... Two has been out for more than two decades now, and is like I don't know. I guess the way I see it is, you play games and you get the experience out of them, and then you move on to the next game. But it doesn't really seem like you're going back to play those games. Like you have the option to, but what's the purpose of all those games just sitting there? I don't know. I have them. Like I said, I can't explain it. That's just how I am. I mean, I understand your 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 desire to have physical copies of the games, but also I'm just pointing out, you know. If you're not actually going back and playing them, they're not really serving the purpose, you know, the benefit that you're you're talking about, which is I can go back and play those games even if they're pulled from the online service. You know, I know. I I, I maybe it's more of the fact that I have that option. I think you just like dis- display your your trophy count, your kill your kill count of all those games you've beaten, and that could be it as well. Like I said, I I haven't really ever sat down and just and dove into why. That's just how I feel and. Because there's constantly that's, too much to play as there is new games coming out. That that that's the hill I'm dying on. All right. Well, speaking of hills, there's a lot of hills in Death Stranding. Are there really? And, yes, there are. No, really. I thought uh, there were valleys or chasms that you had to cross. All right. In the state of play, uh, we got a look at the new Death Stranding director's cut, which Ooh. is coming to the PlayStation Five in September. Uh, hold that because we have a question with this later. Uh, uh, but in it's coming out uh, September twenty fourth. Which, if you guys want to, uh, you know, get me an early birthday gift, you know. I thought you didn't really like that game. Birthday. I did. Uh, the trailer has shown a the trailer shown during the event highlighted a number of new pieces of content coming to the director's cut. In addition to some noticeable performance upgrades, the director's cut will include a number of adjustments to combat, such as new battles, upgraded melee combat, new guns, included a mounted machine gun and a firing range to practice this all on. This article is from IGN and is written by Rebecca Valentine. Goes on to say, combat's not the only bit of gameplay being improved, though as there are additional delivery support options being added to, like cargo catapult, to flinging packages around, to a support skeleton that will help you stack better, and hilarious-looking buddy bot with silly legs that can help you carry more things around and seemingly carry Sam himself. There are also additions to the vehicle. 
vehicles such as jump ramps to do cool motor- motorcycle tricks. Sorry, I'm stumbling. My mouth is numb right now. And the entire racetrack called the fra- uh, Fragile Circuit, which you could drive a shiny car around. Uh, now, all this being said, a lot of people were seeing the price that it was coming out for $70, and a lot of people were upset about that. So we have some good news for the PlayStation 4 players. According to a Sony blog post, Death Stranding's Director's Cut will allow you to transfer your save from the PlayStation 4 version to the PS5, and instead of having to rebuy the whole thing, you can upgrade to the Director's Cut for $10 if you already own the game on the PS4. Now, I want to clarify that. I want to clarify that for a second because I do not own the Director's Cut of Death Stranding, and it's asking me to spend $50. Now, this may change uh, come release date because uh, another game that I didn't put it in the agenda, which I can't remember off the top of my head right now. Uh, oh, Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, the discounted upgrade charge is doesn't go actually go live until the game comes out. Uh, so in a follow-up video, Kojima Productions head of publishing, Jay Bohr, also revealed more tidbits about the upcoming release. He confirmed that a performance mode that will run at 60 frames per second and a fidelity mode that will support ultra-wide displays in HDR. He also said that Death Stranded Director's Cut new content is being built from the ground up and it's not simply being bolted onto the original experience. Uh, then he goes on to say this, which I don't understand. Uh, Bohr confirmed that all of Half-Life and Cyberpunk 277 content from the PC version will also be in the PlayStation 5 version. I don't know what that's got to be a typo. Uh, and there's going to be new online features, including online leaderboards. So there you go. I know you guys don't like Death Stranding, and we're going to get into a com- uh, we're going to have a little bit of a conversation later in the show because we have a question from one of our fans. Uh, speaking of upgrades, Ghost of Tsushima is getting a director's cut. Facepalm uh, again. Uh, it's been announced for PlayStation 5 and PS4, and upgrade prices have been revealed. This is coming from Matt T.M. Kim, also at IGN. Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut has been announced for PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. The updated version will include PlayStation 5 enhancements, plus a new IKI Cillian expansion. The Director's Cut will come both to both consoles on August 20th. As the name implies, Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut will include the original game, every bit of additional content Sucker Punch Productions has released, plus a new island to explore as part of the expansion. You could watch the trailer online. The island is a neighboring island to Tsushima and will add a new chapter to Jin's adventure. Alongside the new island to explore, there will be a new storyline to follow. Though details are being kept a secret, expect new environments, new armor, new techniques, and even more when you visit the island. As for the PlayStation 5, new players will find that the PlayStation 5 version will have a lip sync option for both English and Japanese voiceover. Plus, the PlayStation 5 version will have haptic feedback and adapter triggers, 3D audio, drastically improved load times, different 4K resolution options, presumably performance and visual mode, and targeted 60 frames per second. Your save file from the PlayStation 4 version will also transfer over to the PS5. Now, as far as the upgrades... Yield, this is where you're going to laugh. Okay. PlayStation 4 players will be able to pre-order an upgrade to the Director's Cut for $20. <laughs> yeah. Uh, $20 for DLC for one island. 
PlayStation 4 players who own the Director's Cut can upgrade to the PlayStation 5 version of the Director's Cut for $10. <laughs> so you got to buy the game and pay another 10 bucks. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, if you already, you own, if you already if own, you own... If you own the Director's Cut on the PS4... You get the director's cut for the PS5 for ten dollars. So, but so, so you gotta, like, say I I didn't buy the director's cut. I have to pay the twenty to upgrade to the director's cut, and then ten extra to upgrade to the PS5 director's cut, which is Correct. what yield was last. So, so thirty bucks. That's that's right. that's yeah. This whole these whole two director's cut things. I'm sorry, they feel like a cash grab. All right. So now. Anyone, as, as Alex just pointed out, anyone with the original PlayStation 4 version of Ghost of Tsushima <coughs> looking to upgrade to the director's cut on PS5 will have to pay $30. Don't do it. So I, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm all for supporting people. Don't do it. You, 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 okay. knew, you knew these games were going to get ported over. And, and as much of, uh, as kind of annoying as that is, you knew it was going to happen as part of the business. It's part of the business. It is what it is. But now, so they're playing in director's cut. Okay, fancy name for upgrades. Okay, whatever. But now we're bringing out DLC with it. DLC that you don't get the option to just buy individually. You you have to package in all these other upgrades with it. So you have to pay more for it. It's to me, it's it's just it's a big cash grab. It's kind of a an fu to everybody who supported it already. And I, I no. <laughs> not, I, not gonna happen. I'm not seeing your logic here. You, you're saying that twenty dollars for DLC is just too much money. Well, you're paying for all the fancy upgrades for it. No, okay, hold on. If you own you own the PlayStation Four version and you don't own the director's cut, right? I just bought no the director. There was no director's cut when the game came out. There was just the game. Okay. Okay, so now if you want the new island and the new DLC, it's going to cost you $20. The upgrades and everything like that, that all comes within the $20. That, that, that's, what I'm, pay- that, that's what I'm saying. Okay, so, 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 for, so for that one island and all of the other stuff on the back end packed in is $20. Who's to say that that island is worth the 20 bucks? That's okay, well, what that, I'm saying. Okay, that, that's a whole other discussion. But basically, what you have to look at is is you're, if you're going from the standard game to the director's cut, it's twenty dollars for DLC, which is not no an it, abnormal price it, for it, DLC. No, it's not. Okay, but so but then, but if that island is not worth twenty dollars, and in itself, what you're paying for is all the back end upgrades. I think you're gonna get all the upgrades as uh, as a free update as it is. I don't I, I think don't, so. I, I, I bet well, you. Well, I bet you. It's. Ta- I bet you. It's. It's. You, your your game won't update with all those upgrades for free. It'll well, be. We'll it'll, see, it'll, well, it'll be tied in with the director's cut. Okay. Well, August twentieth, we'll find out. If there's a, a system update for the game on August twentieth, then we know that we're going to get all the visual upgrades for free. So, with that being said, the only way you can get the PlayStation Five version of the game, okay, is. Two things. If you own the original version, you have to pay the $20 for the DLC plus another 10 for the PlayStation 5 version of the game. So, that right there. But if you're just buying Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut for the first time, because the standard game is not for sale anymore, it's going to be $70 on the PS5 and 60 on the PS4. Okay? Well, everybody good with that? 
Any questions? I mean, no, no questions. I, I don't know what went into making this new island. I don't. Know. I, I felt like I got my experience out of Goshishima, and not necessarily the price investment, but I'm not going to play this PS5 version because, I, like I said, I I think I feel like I got everything that I wanted out of Goshishima, and if they made a sequel, I would buy the shit out of that. But I I just feel like I finished Goshishima, and I just want to move on to play something else on the five. So I mean, really, the price like I appreciate that you don't have to pay. This, the you know the full price that you know there is a discount if you've already played it you've already bought it but at the same time also it's kind of ridiculous that you have to upgrade first to the director's cut and then upgrade again to get the PS5 version of the director to be able to play it for the so, five yeah like I said it it just it feels cash grabby well I okay I don't think you have to upgrade to the director's cut first what I think is they're saying that you could upgrade your PlayStation 4 is the director's cut for the $20. But if you want to go just from PS4 standard to PS5 directors, it's the exact same price. It's just one purchase. Because I think you get the PlayStation 4 upgrade and the PS5 version at the same time. But I get what you're saying. So wait, with the PS... But the new island, that new content, will only be on the PS5 version? No, it's not going to be on the PlayStation 4 okay. version. That's what I was not understanding. So... Right. So let me let me break this down clear just to break down for clear for everybody else. PlayStation 4 version that everybody has now is the standard game. On August 20th, they're going to release the director's cut of the game, and you're no longer going to be able to buy the standard version of the game. With that $20, you're going to get the director's cut for the PS4. That's one purchase right there. If you wanted to go further... And then say, okay, now I have my PS5 in the future. I want to upgrade this my PlayStation 4 Director's Cut to PS5. It's only going to cost you $10. But if you just say, okay, I have it on PS4. I have a PS5. I'm just going to do it right now. It's $30. You get the Director's Cut for the PS4 and the Director's Cut for the PS5. I still feel like they're testing the waters for something where you're going to start paying for these upgrades. Where, er, where early on they were offering them for free upgrades, now they're wanting you to pay for them. And I feel like it's testing the waters. I feel like I, I still say I feel like it's a cash grab. There's something that, funky about this that screams don't participate in it. I, personally, I, th- I, you know, I don't think $20, you know, if you just want to pay to play on the PS4, I don't think $20 for another island in Goshishima because the islands were pretty significantly sized. Um, but I don't think that's a big, that's not a big issue. And to yield, I would say, like, I, I understand your concern, but also, like, you can pay $20 for any DLC and it could suck. I mean, that's the kind of chance you take when not only buying a game, but also buying DLC. So, I mean, that's kind of in play regardless of, of what DLC you're buying. Uh, I do have more faith in Sucker Punch than in most other studios, so I don't think it'll suck, but, you know, maybe you could say, well, I didn't, I didn't really need to buy it or I didn't get what I want out of this. I, I can understand that, but as far as like DLC sucking and paying twenty dollars, I mean, you always take that chance of feeling like well, your yeah. money wasn't but, worth. May, maybe it's because so closely together, we're announcing director's cut with new missions when there was no ever DLC. Well, I mean, there know, there was the legends about that was DLC, the, but 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 that was free. I meant as in like a paid DLC. They had come out and said you're getting extra stuff, and it's going to be a free, you know, free addition to the game. 
It's, I don't know. Like I said, it's just something just doesn't feel right. About I think this. that your issue is I'm, not I'm necessarily having to pay gun. for DLC. It's the fact that they're coming out with they're putting Ghost of Tsushima on the next platform, and you don't really think that's necessary in general. And that could be some of it. All right. So our next thing. Uh, this is coming from the state of play. Uh, most the book two has been announced. Uh, obviously, I'm the only one with the VR here. So uh, I have to say that I'm very excited for this game. I, I was very, very impressed with this. I do I own Moss. Moss. You own Moss? Yeah, I got it free during the the free days of summer or whatever they were doing recently. Oh, okay. Just in case I ever happen to run across a cheap version of VR. I, I think you would really like this. Uh I, I think Moss. I would I well I wanted to play Moss when it first came out, but just didn't have a VR. I just don't have a VR. I can't justify dropping three hundred bucks for a gimmick. It's not a gimmick. Or God. sorry, a tech demo. It's not a tech demo. <laughs> I fucking hate you. <laughs> anyway, I'm really excited about Moss too. It did it, uh, the, the trailer looked nice. The next thing we have, uh, which is Causing a little bit of controversy in our group a little bit. I don't know if you guys really picked up on this. Or maybe it was Ubisoft Brothers. I don't know. Ubisoft is working on a Assassin's Creed Infinity. It's reportedly a Fortnite, Fortnite-like evolving platform. Okay, so uh, so Nitro did post this in our group. I tried, or maybe it was our text group. I tried to read about it a little bit, but they wanted me to accept their cookies, and I don't do random websites cookies, so I tried to read it through a little spot that I could read it and I got the gist of it and stopped. So if you could give me more of it, I can probably elaborate more on my disdain for this. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> let's be clear right now. This is uh, written by Joe Scribbles from IGN. Uh, I, I'm not going to read this article, but basically what it's coming down to being is instead of you getting yearly releases for Assassin's Creed, they're going to release a Assassin's Creed, and in this, in this context, it's called Infinity, in which every year, instead of having to release a new Assassin's Creed game, this game is always going to evolve. So you're not. So it, certain animuses are going to send you to uh, England. Certain ones are going to send you to France. So certain ones are going to send you to Egypt. Instead of having to come out with new characters, you're basically going to make your own character. And you're going to play the Desmond Miles storyline as your character. And every year, instead of having to release a game, they're just going to release a patch for this, which is going to allow you to essentially play the new Assassin's Creed game. Hidden behind a yearly paywall. Uh, well, I didn't see a paywall. I could be wrong. I'm well, sure there's not, not going to be like uh, one upfront cost and then they're just going to release all this yeah. successive content for free every year. Exactly. Come on. Let, 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 okay, let, well, let, let, let's be real, people. Okay, well, let's be real, but here's the thing. Fortnite itself is free. Okay? Now, they do release, I think it's every two to three months, a battle pass, which costs you $10. Now, to be fair, in Fortnite, you can earn the credits to get the battle pass for free every time just by playing the game and being able to do that. With that being said, if, if you could essentially, if you if it only costs you ten dollars every three months or whatnot to get the battle pass, I don't think that's an uh, unrealistic thing to say and do. 
Well, I mean, okay, so first off, how much more of the Assassin's Creed story can we tell? I mean, we've pretty much been everywhere. We've been Victoria Eat. We've been Victoria uh, England. We've been to a Spanish part. We've been to Egypt. We've been to the Vikings, pirates, Italy. Egypt, Italy. Uh, I, I, we've pretty much covered everything except for modern times. Haven't done the Mayans or the Incas. Okay, we. I guess we could delve way back. They, that have, far, they didn't do but, ancient China, you know, feudal Japan, did they? No, they have not. So, I mean, there are some few, a few more we could get, we could delve into. I don't know. There's just something about again. There, there's something about this that just it it doesn't feel right. I don't like the idea of this because you're taking it. It's different when you develop a game like Fortnite or something like that. It, it it's. For to me, it feels different than you're taking a a popular franchise, and now we're going to turn it into something that we never intended it to be. It, it again, it feels like the whole uh, battle royal thing. Somebody's got a system that's working. You know what? Let's go after that market. But we don't have any good ideas to go after that market, so we'll take an existing idea and put it into that market. I think everybody this, loves this idea. So on the last episode, I believe it was the last episode, I mentioned that you know Ubisoft had somebody you know big who went and left to EA, and you know was supposedly working potentially on like a new Dead Space game. I also mentioned that I liked that, especially with Valhalla, what you're seeing now is them release more DLC. So they're doing more like, hey, this is a platform, and we'll release you know more more DLC content than we have in the past because you know it used to be that you would get an Assassin's Creed game, and then you get nothing else. So, as me saying that, I like the fact that they're releasing more content for a single Assassin's Creed release. In that time since then, they've announced that they're doing an entire platform, and it's going to be just, like, this line of service where you're going to, you know, get this platform, essentially, and they're just continue to release content for it and, and change up where you go. So, um, in a weird way, I kind of predicted what their future was for Assassin's Creed, and, uh, and yeah, go me. But I think... I, I, Alex Alex will be expecting his royalty check soon. I think what this is, is they, they've said, okay, it takes a lot of money for us to make these Assassin's Creed games. Huge teams of people to make Assassin's Creed games. And instead of just selling you one video game and then maybe DLC afterwards, we want you to get in the door and... You know, because we all know how much money Fortnite makes. Uh, we don't know about Rocket League, but I'm assuming they make a decent amount. But what they want to do is they want to get in there, and instead of having to, you know, like Tricky said, incre- like increasingly like create new characters every time, let players create their characters, then hopefully microtransaction the shit out of them to make more money. I see this as Ubisoft is like, okay, so we've just been releasing these games yearly, and we're putting so much work in, why don't we just keep it steady, and instead of, you know, constantly investing all of that R&D in a new release, let's just have it be a platform and let's just make money along the way in microtransactions because that's that's the way a lot of the industry is going. You know, that mobile formula, formula of, hey, we'll release this game for free and then we'll get you with the smaller transactions little by little because, you know, five bucks here and there is not big, but, you know, $60 up front, $70 up front, I mean, that takes that is a little bit bigger of a hurdle to, to jump over. So I think this is, is Ubisoft basically saying, 
we can make more money off Assassin's Creed with this new formula. Like they're saying, basically, the amount of money we've been making off these games for the R and D and all that input we've been putting in, we can improve that by going to you know a format where we're doing kind of like seasons within Assassin's Creed. This is just the way that they see if they can make more money. I, I I'm really interested to see how this works because if this if the, if this turns into I just have to buy the one game and then just buy the you know the expansions as I as I feel, I think this actually could. No, be No, I'm good. all for that. I'm completely for that. I know that yield. I mean, you say Fortnite and yield immediately shuts down. Like he doesn't want anything to do with that. Right. But taken like as like a hey, this is a service we're going to give you, and you get to play in this world, and you know, every year we'll ask you to you know. Maybe you could buy things here and there, but kind of like if they do like a battle pass, like every, you know, every time we do a campaign, you just have to invest in that campaign and, you know, download something like I'm all for that. Instead of just a yearly release, like get away from that and just allow me to buy the content I want and just allow me to have like this portal essentially to play from and then just constantly add content to that. I mean, Yield loves Rock Band, Yield loves Rocket League, and that's kind of the strategy. That, I mean, that's what people wanted Rocket League to be, or not Rocket League, that's what people wanted Rock Band to be is just release one game, and then just keep releasing songs for it. And it's worked out pretty well, well for Well, now that they've stopped releasing, you know, themselves a game a year to compete with Guitar Hero. Yeah, I, I do miss Guitar Hero, though. I don't. I I, I think with Guitar I, Hero, I, I, I it pushed push the, them to be better. I miss the original two. Oh, Guitar Hero 3 was better Red, than either when, one, one or two. When, when, when Red Octane split off of harmonics, it kind of got started getting weird. Guitar Hero 3 was the best Guitar Hero game. Guitar Hero, get, the original Guitar Hero didn't have enough original songs. They had too many covers. Well, I, 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 I agree with that. I, I remember Harmonix was with 1 and 2, so. They were, and then Red Octane split, and then that's when right. you started getting Guitar Hero, and then Rock Band came out a little bit later. I understand from listening to what you guys, I, I get where they're going at, and I'm not, I guess, Overly opposed to it. I, I'm more of a wait and see, but I, it, it, I'm weird this way. There, there's just something about this. Maybe it's my consumerism or the the change in the industry. I don't know. But there's just something about this, like I said, that just screams no. I can't put my finger on it. I don't know why. It's just a feeling that I have. But I get, from you know Alex's explanation, I get the model that they're going after, and I'm not opposed to that model, because you know you have to wait and see how it works. It could be a total disaster. It could be an absolute success. But there's just something initially that it, it you know, your spidey senses go off. And Look at it this it way: doesn't yield. feel right. You don't buy Assassin's yeah. Creed games, do you? Uh... Not initially, no. I did pick up the Ezio collection because I, I would like to start playing. But that. you have you haven't bought them any of the recent ones, correct? No, correct. So I mean, this is kind of one of those situations where it's you know, kind of it can only if you're not buying the games, you know, maybe you want to dip into your toes in the water later and see what they're like. But con- you know, considering that you haven't been a traditional you know purchaser of these games, it can kind of only go up from here. Like, does it really matter if they change the formula if you weren't investing heavily in the series before? Me, personally, no. I guess I'm speaking from as possibly a general consumer opinion. 
I mean, it, to me, I'm not invested in Assassin's Creed at all yet. So, I, I guess I'm speaking out my ass in that term. That's it. And see, and I just want to tell you, you're going to play the Ezio collection eventually. Yes, and I'm also going to play Black Flag. Okay, all those games control differently than Origins, uh, Odyssey, and Valhalla. Well, as they They, should. Different different iterations of games should play somewhat different. No, no, no. I mean, like, in... Okay. In the original Assassin's Creed games, and I'm saying that when I say original, I mean in outside mean, of Origins, you, you Odyssey, mean, and... You mean one, two, three? No, no, no. I'm talking about every Assassin's Creed game on console, just to be clear, outside of Origins, Odyssey, and Valhalla, they all did combat with the Sacred Symbol buttons. The three newest games, your attacks are all on your R1 and R2 buttons. So they completely change the way you jump, the way you run, the way you do combat. It's completely changed in the last three games. Hmm. Just want to give you the heads up on that. Well, that's why they have tutorials. Yes. All right. So moving on, uh, before we get into our topic of the week, uh, Alex has graciously found a uh, state of play all-inclusive. Because Tricky was going to just wholesale skip. Some of the best parts of the state of play. Oh well, well, okay. I to be honest, when I put the agenda together, I didn't think you guys were gonna be interested in a lot of these games, so I didn't feel like we talk about it. So, there was a bunch of topics well, already. Uh, honestly, well, I, I think I made a comment in the Facebook group that I was more excited. I know Alex is hyped for Deathloop, and I'm totally okay with that. I was actually more excited for the past three games that they did than I was Deathloop. All right, so let's get into some of the games. Uh, Arc- Arcadian. Arcadageddon. Uh, uh, there you go. It was revealed during the event. It's an action game. It has a distinct whiff of Fortnite about it. It's a multiplayer shooter that can be played solo or in four-player co-op. And early access is out uh, right now on the PlayStation 4 or PlayStation 5. I'm not exactly sure. And the full game launch is in 2022. Did you guys want to talk uh, about this game? The only thing I want to say is uh, this game looks like it was made for young children. Like if children who don't want to play, who can't play Fortnite, but want to play a game similar to that style, this game just looks goofy and kind of stupid. I was against it at first. I was, I was a little bit more intrigued when I found out that it's either solo or you could play with up to four friends. I was like, well, I won't totally dish it out right away. We'll have to wait until we get closer to an actual launch to see what it's all about. was my thought. Uh, all right. Uh, Tribes of Midgard post-launch content has been revealed. Uh, it will launch with the Wolf Saga season and it will introduce a new rune system. There's also going to be a special Saga quest and season exclusive items and is set to release on the PlayStation 4 and the PlayStation 5 later this month on the 27th. I was interested in this game, and I actually reached out for a code for it. I thought it looked rather interesting. I had never heard of it until now. I mean, especially if you're into the Norse mythology. But it wasn't interesting enough for me to be like, I'm going to pick that up right now. I think what really... Because it does look like a, a cool game, but I, I and the idea of seasons and having like different weapons and different bosses and different challenges within every season is really cool. 
But the fact that it's Norse mythology, like I'm not super keen on Norse mythology. Like I would, you're, you're going to catch my attention with something like ancient Egypt, you know, uh, Roman mythology, Greek mythology. Like there's just not as big of a driver for me to pick up something within Norse mythology. So I, I think it's it's cool that they're exploring Norse mythology and they're going to, you know, with each new season, they're going to explore different aspects of Norse mythology and creatures and stuff. But like that, you have to pick another mythology for me to really jump in like that. So. All right. Next game up is Hunters Arena's Legends. It's God, coming this to the game PlayStation could not 4 have and... a more generic name. <laughs> coming to the PlayStation 4 and the PlayStation 5. Uh, it, has, it has been announced that the game that combines RPG, MOBA, and many other genres will be coming to the PlayStation 4 and 5. It features both PvE and PvP, as well as two Battle Royale modes, and it's out later this month. I mean, if you're into this kind of game, this is probably right up your alley. As for me, I was like, uh, it looks cool, hard pass. It's honestly, this game, like, I know it's not, like, your your standard military shooter, but at the same time, this game looks like so many other games that have come out recently. Like, this game looks like it just doesn't really differentiate itself from mo- a lot of the other games like this that I've seen, and especially with the name. The name's just awful. Like, Maybe, maybe I'm being unfair, but after I hear the name, I'm just like, okay, this, what? No, no, thank you. But I, I just look at this game, it's like, you look like so many other games out there. Like, it doesn't look that special. Alright, Forged in Shadow Torch, codename Fist, is coming out yeah, on September 7th. Yeah, this is 7th. my shit. This game looked awesome. Now, th- this looked interesting. A 2D... Metrovania starring a rabbit on the run from Vicious Machines. Got a brand new release date. It will be out on the PS4, the PS5, PC on September 7th. First revealed back in 2020 for the PlayStation 4. It is confirmed for the PlayStation 5 and then delayed. It will feature arcade-style combat and a variety of secrets and f- upgrades to yeah, find. I mean, this game, like, I love the, the look of the protagonist and, like, just the world in general. Like, I got you know, whiffs of a side-scrolling brawler, but I also got whiffs of, like, a side-scrolling shooter, kind of that, that whole look of it, whether they're shooter elements or not. Uh, it just, like, the way that, like, especially one of the boss fights um, that we saw, it, it just kind of, like, gave me that feel of, like, the view, at least, of a side-scrolling shooter. So, like, I, I love the way this game looks. I'm super excited for this. And, like, this is, this is the game out of everything in this show that I'm probably going to buy. Really? I figured it'd be This different. game looks so unique and it looks so much like so much fun. Like I love the side scrolling aspect I of can't, it. And then like I can't disagree with everything you're Kind of like just like this rabbit with like robotic arms that you just beat the shit out of things with. Like Well, a robotic arm. It's a giant fist. Yeah. Alright. Alright. Next thing we have uh, unless you do you wanna add to that because you said you really can't argue with him. No, I can't with him he's hitting the nail on the head yeah i watched this i'm like i don't ever remember it being revealed before so i must have been under a rock at this time but i just thought i thought it was cool all right uh what i thought was cool is how they uh they made the next announcement without anybody really realizing it sifu which it was a game that uh, a couple a couple of us were interested in Me. uh we got a brand new trailer for it and Yield, did you happen to notice they announced a delay in the game? Well, I wondered at the end. I'm like, 
Wait, when was this supposed to be released? Are they it announcing? Was... Are they announcing a delay? Or are they announcing actually the release date? And then I read afterwards it was delayed, and I'm like, oh, that was quite yeah, clever. Yeah, that's that's Bravo. the slickest announcement of a delay that I've ever seen because it basically you get to the end of the video, and it you know it has like 2021 on there, and then it slowly ticks over to 2022, the release date. So they don't what outright they do say delay, else, when, when, but yeah, like they yeah. changed the, the year. I, I you, you for, gotta for, give them props for that. I liked it. For anybody that did not see the trailer, uh, basically the trailer was uh, you saw some gameplay, and every time he died, his age would go up, which is the premise of the game. So when they got to the end, it would scroll; it would go forty-two to forty-five. So at the end of the trailer, they announced the delay by basically just saying, "Like, okay, the game died in twenty twenty-one, twenty twenty-two. Yeah, it was slick. No, but a lot of people didn't realize that. They was actually delayed, and I thought that was pretty slick of the way they did that. But anyway, I, I remember the last state of play when they showed this game. That was the one out of that state of play. Uh, what was it? Was it the Ratchet? I think it was the Ratchet and Clank one. Right. Yeah, that, that and, was the, the besides, surprise game they announced in the state of play. Yeah, out of the Ratchet and Clank one. that I'm like, you know, I like this premise. I like the way it looks, and I like the idea of that when you die, you come back stronger. So... In a sense, you want to die so you get stronger, but yet you're also getting older. So therefore, you got to kind of balance the, you know, strength with your age. It feels like I I like it. It's, it's, it's a different concept so, that I haven't played in any of my. So games. I thought we saw this a little earlier than the Ratchet and Clank, but this was part of the Returnal um, state of play back in. Oh, February. it was Returnal. Okay. Yes. But yeah, this game looks cool too. Like I, I like brawlers. And this is kind of a mix of an old school brawler with 3D mechanics, so I'm this I'm excited for this too. Alright. The next game up we have is Jet the Far Shore. Uh, they offered a glimpse into the game. It's being developed by a small independent developer, Super Brothers. The new game resembles No Man's Sky in some ways, featuring sci-fi exploration both on foot and via spaceship, and will focus primarily on exploration. It's set to release this year for the PS4 and PS5. So, so this one... No, no, you first, Shield. Okay, so I didn't entirely know what to make of this because they showed everything from basically top-down, and you're flying around. And I was like, okay, this is interesting. I'm, I'm not writing it off. I'm not hooked, but I'm kind of curious about it. I, I want to see a little bit more because I've I've enjoyed the games like uh, Race to the Sun, which was kind of a simplistic game, but it was fun to play. So it kind of reminded me of, of something along that lines when they were like, oh, you're just going to explore there is some combat but you're mainly dodging it and things like that and i'm like okay i could i can go with something like this if you've got a story of some sort to hook me to drive me to drive you know explore around so i'm i'm kind of optimistic of where this could go so the coolest i'm not a big fan of the visual style of this game but i will say that it looks really ambitious because the whole idea of you're flying around you're you're jetting around and you can just stop somewhere and land, and then you're on the ground, and you can explore the terrain. That is really cool. I think they said it's, if not completely devoid, like, there's just not really any combat in this game. So, I mean, that's not necessarily a deal-breaker, because I do like exploration games and adventure games, so they don't always have to have combat. But more than anything, like, I like the what they showed. I like the concept, especially the, hey, you're in the air, oh, hey, now wait, you're on the land, and you can explore. But just the visual stylist didn't really catch me. 
All right. What are your Next. thoughts, Tricky? I couldn't care less about that game. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. No, no. That's why I just, no, no, that's that's why I just I, moving I, on. I, Alex and I are seem to be more... Uh, uh, I already used the word optimistic, but... Uh, I just... I have no interest yeah. in it at all. Tr- tricky don't care. Okay. That's cool. I just thought I'd ask. Appreciate you asking. Because okay. I don't get a lot of my opinions out here sometimes. You guys... I don't, a couple guys are like... Yo, we hear you on the show all the time, but you don't really tell us how you feel about games. Like that's because I'm trying to drive the force and forget to leave my comments. Uh, something else I'm not going to leave comments on is Sega has showed an extended Demon Slayer gameplay. Uh, it's due October 15th on the PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series XS. It's a video game adaptation of the very popular anime. Uh, you guys, have any interest in Demon Slayer? It looks cool visually. I... It's very like. It's a very Japanese game. Um, I like the whole demon slaying aspect, but the, like it's weird because you see other environments within the world or within the trailer, but you're fighting all the enemies, all the demons. It looks like in at least unless these are like boss demons specifically, you're fighting them in the same like room in a dojo. So what makes me worry is that how much, how many different environments are there? Are we just moving from boss fight to boss fight? I mean, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like. Aside from Fury being hard as fuck, I did like that about it. It's like it was just kind of like chained boss fights. But, you know, it just... The fact that most of the the trailer took place in, in like this bland dojo room, like, it just, I don't know, that kind of turned me off a little bit. The demons look cool, and fighting the demons looks really fast and frenetic, but the setting kind of killed it for me with this one. So, I was wondering, because I, I noticed that too. I was wondering, were this... Was this... Told from different perspectives, as in you're this character, and this is what happens when that character. It definitely, gets I mean, they definitely showed off like different heroes. Maybe they have gets, different like fighting yeah. styles or something. So, so, so I was wondering if these are the four characters that you can play as, and this is what happens when you know each one got to the same boss. That's what I was wondering, but wasn't for sure. But I've never seen the anime. But like Alex said, it. You know, the demons look cool. The fighting looked frantic. I That was the only like, positive thing I had to say. I can't be like, I'm excited or I don't want, don't care for it. Yeah, it might be uh, very arcade style and you can just play through the game as a different character. Like, you know, you get to a character select screen. It's like, okay, you're taking this character on the way. And this is the benefit and the pros and cons of each character. All right, next game is Lost Judgment, which is going to include a free update to uh, the next gen for PS5 and Xbox. Uh, Second announced uh, during the event that Lost Judgment, the sequel to the Yakuza spinoff featuring a private detective, will include a free upgrade for the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One owners. Sega also showed three different versions, the Digital Ultimate Edition, including a story expansion, and you can find more info on IGN. I was confused. I thought this was the game we just got for Plus. Apparently, this is the sequel to that game. I, I don't know. This game to me looks like a dream. Possibly, game. like this looks like a like it almost like. Hey, did you like Shinmu? Well, try this game too. Like I don't know. This game looks kind of like dated to me from the start. All right, yield. I it looked like a Yakuza game. That's what I thought it was until they said Judgment. <laughs> so all right, and we've already talked about that straight. So the. 
whole reason for the state of play was to have a deep cut into uh well, not the whole reason but the, so, like the big the big hook to get you to watch was like nearly 10 minutes on death loop right so i have to step away from the microphone real quick because i have to go take some medicine because my tooth is really freaking killing me alex i'm gonna let you lead this off because i know you are into death loop and yield you are somewhat intrigued into this but uh there was an extended gameplay showing you uh a certain mission done so uh alex please take it away and tell everybody about Deathloop's new trailer. So I liked what I saw in the trailer. The action looks fun. Homer mentioned in the Facebook chat or in our Facebook group that it looks very Bioshock. I think what he say, did he say discount Bioshock slash Dishonored? Uh, yes, so, is exactly I mean, what he said. I believe this is made by Arcade or Arcane Leon and it's it's published by Bethesda and get, guess who made um, Dishonored? Uh, Arcane Studios. Guess who Arcane. published Bethesda Software? So yeah, it makes sense. So I understand the Dishonored tie there, and I, I, I like I think Homer's spot on with that. I don't necessarily understand the Bioshock one as much, but I guess the whole like there's more gunplay. It seeming it seems in Deathloop than in Arcane. So maybe you know he's he was commenting that it's it's kind of Bioshocky in the sense that there's more gunplay. Uh, the main character definitely was more cheeky and like had you know funnier one-liners and like it was like more comical dialogue and more outlandish dialogue than say Corvo Atano. I, I did I did enjoy the banter. Yeah. The banter is more ridiculous than you would get from Corvo Atano in Dishonored. So I see the ties, but also they are trying to differentiate a little bit there. But the fact that it comes from the same publisher and you know a develop a developer of the same name, Arcane, and you figure in the same tree, like that it makes sense that there's uh similarities there. But, you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing because Dishonored was a really good game. You know, some of the other things they showed off, like, in Dishonored, you, one of the chapters is you go to a masquerade ball and you have to try to, try to find a target. There's a masquerade ball for this, uh, which you have to take down a certain character in the game. So uh, the, the trailer explained that you're, in, you're caught in a loop and you're on this island where everyone wants to kill you. And in order to survive the day and get out of the loop, you have to kill eight targets before the end of the day. If you die in between then... Well, the loop starts over. Uh, and as you die, you know, you, you'll you'll go through, you know, the levels and you'll learn better tactics. You'll see, you'll explore a little bit more and just kind of find better ways to tackle the enemies. So, I mean, not only in the whole Masquerade Ball thing, but there are like, like Dishonored, there are multiple ways to tackle an opponent. opponent. So there were multiple ways to get around problems in Dishonored. You know, this game isn't, you know, there is some stealth, but it's not as stealthy. There's far more gunplay than, or, than in Dishonored, so... Again, I see similarities, but also that's not like a turnoff, and I do think that they are trying to differentiate differentiate this game uh, quite a bit from Dishonored, despite the similarities. So the story is pretty cool. It seems pretty cool. The action looks like a lot of fun. So, I mean, I I think that this definitely succeeded in giving a lot better idea of what to expect, and I think that, you know, if you were on the fence before, I think after this gameplay trailer, you were probably either for or against. Like, I don't, I don't think there's going to be too many more people sitting on the fence you know, some people may wait to spend, you know, they may not buy it right away because they don't want to spend full price. But I think this gave us a good enough idea of what we can expect where it's like, okay, hey, yes, I'm for this. Hey, I'm against this. I, I think this did a good job of, you know, in a, you know, a 10 minute, you know, window of gameplay telling us, hey, you're either going to want to buy this game or you're not. You know, there's not really kind of like, you don't need to be on the fence anymore. I feel like this gave us a, a good enough idea to make a, a full decision on the game. So, I'm going to wait for word of mouth 
I, I liked what I saw, but it didn't hook me. Does that make any sense? Yes. Like, I, I, I was glad to see them go through, pick up different weapons, explain that as you, wasn't necessarily aura, but there was something that you could collect, so that way when you died, you didn't necessarily lose all your weapons. So I liked some of those aspects of it. I thought the aura was basically so you rewind time, not that if you die, you can rewind. It, yeah, it would give you like an extra, yeah, an extra re- rewind. But there was something else that you were collecting that would uh, allow you to like keep your keep the weapons that you have collected so far. So that oh wait, you- hold on a second. I wait. I maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I miss. I thought it was if you go back to the location where you died, you could pick up your stuff. Well, there was that, and there was also the aura that you could uh, absorb, which gave you like an extra rewind or something. But anyway, I know there was something that when you died, you kept your, or maybe it was an upgrade of something. Anyway, I like that. So that way you weren't starting over with your base weapons all over again. I, like I said, I just I still didn't see enough to hook me to where, yeah, I'm absolutely picking that up when I get a five. That's not bad. It's better than where we were initially. So that's just what I have to say. On and before, before Tricky, I just want to say that like the the powers that you get to use in this look really cool, and you know you see a dash like power in there, which is something you saw also in Dishonored. So I like that they are because Dishonored was such a a critically well-received game, and a lot of people really liked it. I like that they are, yes, taking things from that game and implementing them in this game. So, again, if you like, I mean, kind of taking, paying homage in a way and taking things from Dishonored is not a bad thing because that was a really good game. So, I I don't think it's fair to call it a discount Dishonored. I think, you know, if you're, it's like, hey, they look, they, it looks like they took a lot of, you know, pointers from Dishonored and put them in those games. I think that's correct. But I, I don't think this game looks discount. See, I, I, I like, I'm interested in the game, but I, I can't play it because it's first person. If this is third person, I'd be all over this. Yeah, the action looks fun. I like the powers and the mix of gunplay and, you know, I never, I never played Dishonored 2. I played Dishonored 1. I had to apply them in that. And, you know, a game in that similar style, just a little bit more outlandish, you know, it, it actually brings me further into the fold than I was, so. All right. Before we get into our topic of the week, we have to do an ad. So, Alex, one, two, three, four, or five? One, because we're number one. This portion of the show is brought to you by Amazon. If you could and would, please stop by Proven Gamer first and click on any Amazon link and continue with your normal shopping. It doesn't cost you anything extra and helps out the site tremendously. All right, I'm going to call an audible here, and instead of going into our topic of the week, we're going to do a list of the questions because uh, we kind of missed out... Uh, a couple of times and I keep forgetting. So, first question, uh, was that question just comes from Nitro says, Not really a question, but happy to see here that there's an episode this week and hope you are all doing well. Uh, I'm still hurting like a son of a bitch. Uh, I don't know, you guys, oh, tricky, you try to milk that sympathy. How long are you gonna milk that sympathy? And you still while. fucking blame the chicken nugget. It's chicken nugget, try to kill me, death by chicken nugget. Uh, okay, and the next question comes from Curtis, says, 
What are your thoughts on the state of play and the garbage known as Death Stranding getting a director's cut to milk more saps into playing? See, I'm not uh, the only one. And then I responded by watch your horror mouth. See, uh, I've actually nerve thought there, about Kurt. picking that game. I, I thought about picking that game up when it dropped down to, to like 20 bucks. So I'm not opposed to picking it up. Do, do we I, need to remake listen. this game so a, a larger audience cannot know what the fuck is going on while playing it? <laughs> listen, if you like Hideo Kojima's games, you're going to like Death Stranding. I will tell you, it's not overly exciting. It's very boring at certain times. It's a delivery times. simulation. But there, there is a very intriguing story wrapped into it, although it's Hideo Kojima, so it's a little convoluted and off the wall. But it, it is a good game. And I think with the new uh, stuff that they're adding, it's going to bring more people into the game. So there we go. Uh, so now we're going to go into our topic of the week. Now, the first, uh, I put two links here. Uh, Sony's acquisition of Bluepoint Games supposedly leaked by an image mistake, and that image mistake was when they were announcing that Sony had actually uh, purchased Housemark. So, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the Housemark acquisition, uh, and this is coming from Herman Holst over at the PlayStation blog. Uh, he wrote, uh, I am thrilled to welcome a new member to the PlayStation Studios family. I have been a fan of Housemark since the studio's early days as they introduced Super Stardust HD to the PlayStation fans. Housemark's recent release of Returnal proves the studio is one with incredible vision, capable of creating memorable new games that re resonate with our community. This edition enhances the creative force of PlayStation Studios, and I cannot wait to see what the future holds for Housemark. Now, uh, I would love to pronounce this person's name but they are the co-founder and managing director of Housemark. They have left a quote saying, Today is a big day for Housemark, and it's been over 26 years in the making. Our strong partnership with Sony Interactive Entertainment started with Super Stardust HD on the PS3, and since then have made arcade-inspired games for all PlayStation platforms. With Returnal for the PlayStation 5, our most recent release, our biggest foray into third-person action games solidified our voice and brand in the industry and delivering unique and quality player experiences. We are so excited to finally join the PlayStation Studios family. This gives our studio a clear future and a stable opportunity to continue develop, delivering on gameplay-centric approaches while still experimenting with new methods of narrative, <coughs> narrative delivery and pushing the boundaries with this modern art form. Locally here in Helsinki, this also means we are officially that we will officially expand the PlayStation family into a growing industry hub and secure the legacy of the oldest game studio in Finland. Finally, what this means for our fans. We are Housemark, our gamers, and we have grown from the need to perfect and tinker with facets of games that we found most fascinating. We are not, we are also not known for shying away from running our own course and trying out new combinations. With the backing of SIE and its family of studios supporting us, we can finally grow into a place in the industry and show what Housemark can create with no limitations. We can't wait to show everyone what will be in store in the upcoming years, and we hope to usher in a more lasting memories and exhilarating titles for the next quarter century and beyond. So, Yield, I'm going to start with you mm -hmm. because you were kind of uh, vocal on the Facebook group when this was. was announced. So I'm going to start with you, and then uh, Jeff Hanna left a comment, and I'm going to ask you about that comment. So initially well, tell I, us what you I, think I, about I, I commented to all that stuff. Weeks ago, I, I we, we, weeks ago, 
Um, I so know you so did. basically, in a nutshell, I'm not a fan of this, only because I I feel that gobbling up all these studios at some point you're going to start cutting when you get too big or times get tough. So therefore, you're taking all these good studios that are doing good things, and when times get bad, you're going to start plucking them and putting them here and there because. Well, you're part of this house, and we own you, so now we're going to take you from this studio, and we're going to put you over here to work on this project, because either we're done with this studio, and we're going to liquidate all the people. Anyway, but I also, on the other side of the coin, said it was good, because these small studios now have a backing from a big, you know, uh, a big brother, a big industry, and they don't they don't have to sweat out the finances so much. And in the end of everything, even after what Jeff posted, basically kind of what I was getting at is everything ebb and flows. Is that you're going to have this, you're, this is going to happen. Even though I see the positive and I think it's more of a big negative right now. That, you know, eventually there, it's going to come a time where they will cut loose people and people will go off, start, to, start their own studios and start to do the indie thing with great stuff all over again. In in, in a nutshell, that's kind of what that was all about. I'm against it. Okay, Jeff, uh, because you you, uh, referenced Jeff Hanna. Jeff Hanna left a response to you, says, Big publishers will always buy smaller devs. Bluepoint was all but Sony owned anyway. They've never done anything for PlayStation dev. Now, obviously, he means Housemark, not Bluepoint, because that was what we're going to talk about in a second. Yeah, blah, 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 monoculture, danger of issues if Sony has a hard time, etc. It doesn't matter. I was employee number three of an indie startup that had a contract with Sony Online Entertainment. Sony Pictures hit hard times and told all Sony divisions to find ways to shore up their earnings. It was far easier for SOE, SOE to cut a contract with a third party than it was to lay off internally. We got nuked. The internal studios weren't infected. I've also worked at an internal studio owned by EA. We got nuked because EA is incompetent at massively multiplayer games. It swings both ways, and there's no situation that is inherently better than the other. So, and then Alex, uh, I don't want to speak for you, but you also left a comment saying, a lot of the fear of the studio closures comes from the histories of EA and Activision. Although Disney's games division shows another example of how things can go poorly, I assume that SIE is is but a better insulated than the likes of EA and Activision, in which Jeff responded to you. Sony and Microsoft are both safe, and from what I've heard from the people at the studios under those, those umbrellas, the parent corps really take care of the studios and give them a qual- uh, quite a lot of autonomy. Disney needs to pick a lane, either internal development or licensed LPs, and stick to it. They waffle back and forth every five to seven years and can never build up a culture or a legacy. And then Alex left the comment saying they'd have his money if they made split second, too. Well, there was more of that comment than that. Uh, but so Yeah. yeah. But, so, I mean, like, Housemark changed its entire... They went from more arcade-style games to something like Returnal because they came out and said we our business cannot sustain by making these games because there's no, not, not enough demand for them. So they partnered with Sony to make Returnal. And I would assume that Housemark could have never made a game as ambitious as Returnal without Sony's help. So I know that people, um, Steven over on Dual Screens had asked a question of the week. He said, what studio would you like to be acquired um, next and by what company? And uh, Joe Priestley said, 
None. I want studios to stay the way they are. This video game's arms race is ridiculous. And Curtis agreed with him and said this. So, first of all, I think there's way too many people making video games and way too many studios out there for every studio ever to get bought up. Um, you know, Sony bought... Like, I don't feel like Sony is, like, super over the top about their purchases. I feel like they make very strategic purchases. I, you know, they're not buying, like, 10 studios a year. You know, was the last studio they purchased, was it um, Insomniac? Well, outside yeah, of Housemark, yeah. yeah. So they're not going crazy making all these purchases. And, um, sorry, I lost my thought there. Um, but no, I think that um, Sony's more strategic with their purchases than just making, like, half-assed, like, purchases here and there just to, to bolster the, you know, their, uh, I guess, I, I, I don't know. I don't think that Sony is trying to war against Xbox, because I think that, as we've seen, Nintendo, Xbox, and, and Sony all have, or I should say Microsoft, not Xbox, but they all have different strategies. They all, they're not, they are in competition, yes, but they're not really, because they're not... They're all going, they're all doing their own niches. So, I, I mean, I don't think that, like, I don't, I wouldn't call this an arms race. Yes, Sony bought Housemark. But Sony has always been a really good partner to Housemark. Now, Housemark has made games, you know, for Windows. They made some games for the Xbox. So they're not just always all Sony. But yes, most of their games have been so based well. on a, a strong relationship with Sony. And because of their relationship with Sony, they were able to switch from arcade-style smaller games to something like Returnal. Without Sony's help, I don't really think they could have made Returnal. And I think for Returnal, this is a really good... Or not Returnal, but for Housemark, this is a really good thing. Because Housemark is now insulated. You know, you don't need to be a video game studio part of a larger umbrella company to go out of business. You can just be an independent studio that doesn't have enough money to continue making games. This insulates Housemark from any trouble they might have. Because, like, again, they had to change their entire strategy because their games weren't selling as well as they wanted. And this now insulates and protects them to a degree. If you get by Sony or Microsoft or Nintendo, you're pretty safe. If you get by, by get bought by EA or Activision, maybe not. But as Jeff said, Sony's a much safer parent company than you know some of these other ones. So I don't know. I see this as a good thing for Housemark, and you know, uh, if somebody like Insomniac, Insomniac was independent for the longest time and probably could have been independent forever, but they finally you know said, all right, we'll be, we'll join the Sony family of studios. So if a company like that that can be independent and and thrive says, okay, we feel safe enough to sell to Sony and become part of the company, become part of this machine. I think that's only good for Housemark as well, because that shows a confidence within Sony that they are going to take care of their PlayStation Studios, and they're not going to just toss around money willy-nilly trying to buy this, that, and everything to compete with Microsoft. Because even without Housemark, Sony's first-party studios are still better than Microsoft's. They're still better than Nintendo's. So this is just icing on the cake. I don't think that... Sony needs to be in an arms race, so to speak, because everyone has their own different strategies. And as we've seen, Microsoft isn't even, you know, they've even come out and said that not everything that Bethesda produces is going to be exclusive. So, I don't know. I don't know what arms race people are seeing. Because I think that, yes, Microsoft bought a whole lot of studios in a very short time, but we knew that, I mean, that they needed to do something about their in-house talent to be able to compete with the other studios because they were lagging behind both Sony and Nintendo. So they needed to. But Sony is just making these pointed purchases, you know, maybe every few years. Insomniac, Housemark, 
So I don't really think that Sony's spending is out of control in this regard. And again, I think that this protects Housemark in the future and allows them to make more of the games, whatever games they want. All right, so then I lead into the other question, which is what started off this conversation. Uh, apparently there was an image leak in which the, the image where they were announcing Housemark was put out with Bluepoint Games logo. So do you think this is Sony buying Bluepoint as well? And just haven't officially announced it yet? I, you know, with that coming out and that being spread all over the internet, I don't know why they would announce it if they hadn't already bought them. Like, why are you well, holding he, that back? Here's the, the, well, he, here's the thing that I found that uh, I don't think anybody else pointed out. If you look at the mistake image, right behind the Blue Point Games logo is the lead character from Returnal. So right there, it was announcing that Housemark was announced that somebody just put the Blue Point Games logo on top but of it. But also wasn't there in uh, that in that this, image, wasn't there a game image next to the returnal image that was actually taken out for the Housemark? Uh let me So yeah, look. the names of the studios are superimposed uh and behind them was just kind of like these vertical cuts featuring protagonists from all these different PlayStation Studios fam like family games like Ratchet, like uh Aloy, and then like Celine. But with the one with Blue Point, somebody pointed out that there is a image of a game behind the Blue Point that is taken out of the one that they've been mocked up for Housemark. That that is right. It's the uh, Dark Souls image. So, so, I mean, listen, uh, everybody, everybody's been saying for a long time that Blue Point was going to be bought by Sony. I think it's. I think that would be a smart purchase as well. I, I just. I don't know what they would be holding back for because if that image is already out there why not just fucking say it uh, this may be a legal reason why they can't i don't know i mean so i understand yield's point but again i i think that this is a good thing for sony and for housemark and again you know for xbox people you know people who own xboxes housemark you know hadn't made a game for the xbox in a long long time so as you know pointed out by Jeff and other people, is this really a loss for them? Because Housemark has such a tight relationship with Sony that you likely weren't going to get many games in the future either. So, All right. So let's go ahead and close out the show. We have to do one more ad. Yield two, three, four, or five. Five. This portion of the show is brought to you by Twitch Prime. Did you know that Amazon gives you $5 to give to your favorite streamer every month? If you link your Amazon Prime account with Twitch, you can sub to any Twitch page for free. You have to renew it every month. Otherwise, Amazon is just going to keep your money, though. So remember. So why not just give it to us instead? All right. So before we close out the show, I'm going to do a little PSA. Uh, there has been some rumblings about a trophy war uh, going on between us and the Loot Brothers podcast. Let's clarify the us. Okay, hold on. Let me get through it. Okay. When I say an us, I mean the Trophy Horse podcast versus the Loot Brothers podcast, but it doesn't necessarily mean the podcast hosts are going to, comp- going to be competing. Uh Teams have not been announced. We have a team right now. We are standing at four. Uh, there is a team of five on the Loot Brothers. Uh, the war initially was going to be the month of August, 
but because of everything that's going on in my life right now, I have told Daryl that I cannot do a month-long war. So he has suggested that we are going to do a 24-hour war, all gloves off, everything goes war for extra life. So right now, on November 6th, which is a Saturday... There is going to be a 24-hour war. If anything changes, we will let you guys know. Uh, I know uh, Yield, among other reasons, uh, will not be participating in this war because he's doing a protest because uh, punk-ass Daryl has never paid up the last bet. Well, it's not just that. It's also there's no concrete rules. Um, and Alex just said that... I, I do don't it, want to uh, be involved in the war. trophy war, although I think that... Daryl's idea of of just doing one day is much better than a month month long thing because as we saw with the previous trophy war in 2016 if you do a month long one people can't keep up that pace they're going to lose steam they're going to lose interest so over one day I think people will you know play their heart out and bang out as many platinums as they can but yeah I over the course of a month that's just too much to ask alright so Right, that's the current plan. Uh, uh, so, as I said, we have four, they have five. If you're interested in participating, let us know. Uh, I think the current stakes, as we're talking, is the loser has to donate to the winner's Extra Life page. So, there we go. With that being so said... Basic, so, basically, he's saying stock up on those pudgy games, the uh, arcade games, the Japanese visual novels, all that. There, did I, did I hint at why I'm protesting against Telltale Games? Yes, uh, but Yield, uh, yes. there's, another, there's another reason why you should be protesting. Why? Because we did the list of the questions, and I forgot something. What'd you for, oh, you forgot to do the social Time media. Time to check my social media. And here people thought they weren't going to have okay, to hear the, that the, this week. The, the, the show is now complete. <laughs> All right, let's do some shout-outs. Alex, start with your shout-out, sir. We'll give a shout-out to the listeners, the fuel to the fire that is Trophy Horse. Thank you all for supporting the show. Thank you for supporting PG and all of its friend podcasts. Uh, thank you for watching on Twitch, seeing us kick some ass in Rocket League, like we do almost every week. We have a stinker here and there, but for for most part, we do pretty damn well out there on the field. Give a shout-out to Tricky and to Yield for recording tonight on this, this gloomy Sunday here in the Midwest. And, oh, also, I want to give a shout-out to Housemark. Uh, love the fact that Housemark has joined the PlayStation family. Um, and I think that's great for Sony. I think that's great for Housemark. So I'm, I'm really happy to see it. And like I said, it kind of future-proofs Housemark and whatever games that they want to make. Last but not least, I want to thank or uh, give a shout-out to my awesome and loving girlfriend, Ashley. Uh, I love you, honey. And that is going to do me for this week. All right. Uh, you'll before doing shouts. Uh, one other PSA. Uh, normally we we would be having Levi on this month or this week or next week to do the uh, be legit update. There's not going to be an update this month as he has family in town, so he's uh, promised to come on the first week of August to do that. Yield your shout out, sir. Shout out to Tricky and Alex for recording tonight. Shout out to Alex Homer, Tricky because he did play and Nitro for Rocket League Thursday. Uh, a shout out to the platinum, to the knockout uh, city ballers, Nitro, the Brain, and myself. We've all got the platinum. We all got them pretty fairly. You close can't together. give yourself a shout out. Yeah, I, I can't too, because the knockout city ballers all platinum the game. So, no, they didn't. Not uh, all of them. Uh, you're only in the group because you're kind of like the, that younger brother that we just let tag along 
So, oh, you say Sam the Water Boy? There you go, pretty much, but not as not as entertaining and possibly pro eligible as the Water Boy was. Um, uh, a shout out to all of you, the pimps and the matters of the whoredom, for downloading, listening, uh, interacting with us on Facebook. Uh, the Facebook group has actually been quite active lately, so that, that's kind of cool. So thank you all for that. That it? That's it. And I want to give a shout out to Sweet Mama D. A shout out to Bella, who is driving me the fucking crazy. Uh, has not left my side since uh, I've been injured by a chicken nugget. Uh, and shout out to all the listeners. Thank you very much. And until next week, if there's nothing else, happy trophy hunting. See you later. The theme song is Venus by the band Even off their album Zenith. Permission granted by the band and 12 Stone Records. You can find them on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash evenphilippines. Five seconds of silence. Five, three, three, two, two, one, one, and stop.